The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles, your favorite true crime podcast. I am Donnie, and with me is a man that wants to remind everyone that beer makes today look like the tomorrow you wanted yesterday. It's Dale. Damn, I need a beer after that. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. What's going on, man? What's going on with you? <laughs> you, you. Same old, uh, same old, man. I just like to mess with you a little bit. I'm just happy to be back in the house here, bro. Yeah, we're back in the Crack House doing an episode. Seems like we've been gone for a while, but I guess we really ain't. <laughs> Well, we do once a week. I know, but it just seems like it's been extended time for some reason. Yeah, for some reason. We dropped an episode early. I guess dropped early, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why. It could have been. But it was a killer one, wasn't it? It was awesome. We had three interviews in a row. I know, that was awesome. Can you believe that? I know, man, it's crazy. You just take them when you can get them, man. Yeah. And Especially we'll, there was a couple there that when they said, Yeah, we'll do it, we're all in. And they were they had a like a specific time that they could do it and we had to Meet the demand. Yes. We had to jump in there and, and do it. <laughs> Hope y'all like that. Yeah, we worked really hard on that, guys, for you, and try to get these stories out. Man, when somebody just you know says they'll do it, and we got this time, and at the, we have this time for you at, at this time, you just do it. And there was a couple of them that we didn't know if it was going to happen or not. Right. I mean, even last seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was getting stressed. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It's always funny when you're stressed. Yeah, you, you love that, don't you? Yeah. You love that shit. <laughs> <saw> that. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? You got any good shout-outs, dude? Man, yes, guess what? Hey. Hey, look at there. We got us an Apple podcast. Five star. Five star, five star. Yeah, so we get one from Pennies from Heaven. <laughs> it's like Pennies from Heaven, but with an S in there somewhere. Yeah. So Pennies from Heaven. And it <laughs> okay. says, home. Your presentation of each subject is awesome, in all caps. It feels like you're sitting right in my home with a big old heart. Well. Well. Well, just just a heart, not somebody's heart, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we, a, it's like a we appreciate you, love you guys, kind, of, kind of heart. Yeah, hey, we might be sitting in your home. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Got some beers. Come yeah. <laughs> knocking on your door. But no, just kidding. You, we really appreciate that. Thanks so much for anybody taking their time to drop over and give us a five star and filling out and put a little review in there instead of just clicking the five star thing. But anybody does it, we superly, superly. Appreciate it if that makes sense. Yeah, we appreciate it can a whole you, bunch. Can you superly appreciate? It? Absolutely, we just did. You damn right. Yeah, we did. <laughs> if anybody wants to order anything from the store page, they can. That's if they, right. If you just want to go to the website and click on the donate button, you can do that. You can do that. We don't mind. Mm-mm. Do it. Do it. And if you just want to tell a friend about us, that's good too. Yeah, that's right. And if you don't want to tell nobody, you can tell the enemy if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Just listen to us, and we appreciate everybody that you listens. You see anybody that looks bored, turn them on. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we do. We just woke up, hey, y'all over. Yeah. <laughs> y'all want a podcast to listen to? This yeah. is us. Yeah, I'd like to give a little shout-out to our friends down at uh, at Wings, et cetera, in Shelby down there. We appreciate it. And you local folks, go by and get you a wing and a beer and tell them we sent you down there. Yeah. We, we appreciate them. They they take care of us. We go down there, and it's a, 
it's pretty good going in in town and uh, somebody really supports you. Yep, and everybody knows your name. That's right. Yeah, pretty it's cool. Good stuff. So thank you, Mika. We appreciate you. Yes, we do. Appreciate everybody. All right, but nothing else. We're going to get into our story this week. Well, you better hurry. Damn, two minutes is probably up. Well, you know, we've done some episodes with some interviews, but we don't have an interview this week. No, we're back in the groove today. And we're back in North Carolina. Yeah, ain't that the truth? Yeah, this is a North Carolina-related serial killer case. <sighs> kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. Don't ask him. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a... Anyway, this is going to be a good one. Yeah, this is yeah. daggum good. We've uh, talked about this guy for a while wanting to do his case, not wanting to do it, putting him on a burner, back burner, and moved him up a little bit, set him back a little bit. But, yeah. but now we're... He's we're, front and center today. Baby. Yeah, he is. Yeah. But this week we are talking about William Dathan Holbert. Yeah. What a name. What a name. Yeah. Yeah. But he had a bunch of aliases that we're going to talk about. Yeah. I think everybody just called him Bill. Serial killer, formerly known as Wild Bill. Mm-hmm. Wild Bill Cortez. Cortez. Yep. But now, Bill Holbert, he was born on September the 12th, 1979. He's a young Yeah, in Saluda, North Carolina. This is up in the western part of the uh, North Carolina, up near Hendersonville. Yeah? Mm-hmm. How far is that, you reckon? Uh, not too far. <laughs> okay. Probably about an hour and a half from here. Okay. Yeah. Because you know around, around here we, we measure distance and time. Yeah, not miles. Yeah. How long does it take you to get there? Yeah. Yeah, we, we value our time pretty well. <laughs> yeah, we all manage. How, how far is that? That's about three hours. That's about 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And no distance. Yeah, that's what I said, three hours. <laughs> okay. That's Thank right. You. But we're talking about uh, Bill Holbert. Now, he was born to parents William Stanley Holbert and Karen Yvonne Moore. And he was raised up there near Hendersonville, North Carolina. He played football for North Henderson High School. Mm-hmm. After graduating high school, he started working as a landscaper and eventually started his own business there in Hendersonville. Mm-hmm. And he got married in 1998, and him and his wife, they had three kids together, Dale. Yes, he did. And I mm-hmm. think his parents like uh, had like an apple orchard and a cattle ranch, and they also done some stuff with, uh, like, I won't say landscaping equipment, but something to do with... Uh, that kind of stuff so he could, he had her up uh, inside so when he started his business that's what his business was landscaping mm-hmm. so he had an inside uh, route on that and it took off pretty good at first yeah i and think he's just lazy yeah he had a lot of area to roam around up there too and do his business with yeah yeah but shortly after him and his wife had the three children him and his wife they divorced it was six years after they were married yeah mm-hmm. and bill Soon after, he declared bankruptcy yep. and stopped paying his child support. And his bankruptcy filing listed for over $500,000 in assets. But he had like 700000 in debt. Yeah. So that's a little upside down. Yeah, he was highly in debt. Yeah. But in uh, 2004, Bill, he became the manager of a... A gym. Yeah, he started bodybuilding, doing some stuff, and he started shooting up some steroids, trying to grow himself to a big old man. And then, like you said, he worked into a uh, bumped into a guy and started running managing one of his uh, gyms. Yep, it's called the the Body Shop. The Body Shop. Yep, and the the owners there, uh, his name was Kevin Hoover. Right. And they owned uh, two, um, actually, two places. One was in Asheville, North Carolina. One was in Hendersonville. 
And Bill, he was managing the one in Hendersonville. Right. Yeah. And he got to uh, forging checks while he was there. He was writing himself some checks, wasn't he? Out of the business account. Yeah. yeah. And when he got caught, he was he ended up telling the owner there, Kevin Hoover, that uh, he thought that was part of his salary. Yeah. Business, uh, business expense. Mm-hmm. Living ex- expenses to yeah. be able to do that. Yeah. He must have a lot of expenses. Yeah. He duped him out of about 25 grand. And- but uh, Bill, he agreed to quit there at the body shop, but uh, the Hoovers, they didn't press any charges. Right. No. Like, well, you get the hell out and we're done. I won't press charges. Right. But while he was working there at that body shop, he had met a woman by the name of Laura Reese. Yeah. Yeah. She was, um, I guess, worked behind the counter or something there. Yeah. And they hit it off pretty good. Yeah. I mean, they ended up moving in together and living together. Yes. And this is when they moved to. Guess where? Cleveland County. Cleveland County, right here in our own county. Right up a road here. Yeah. And this is when they rented a, it's been described as a six-room house, but I found this property on Google Earth, and it was a single-wide trailer. And it was on uh, 54 acres. Damn. Yeah. And they rented this property from a lady by the name of Donna Stevens. Right. And Donna's house was on the main road up there. It was actually on Mariah Church Road. How you say it? Marar. I think it's pronounced Mariah. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you live up, up there where it is, it's Marar. Marar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, she lived on the main road there on Mariah Church Road, but uh, the house he lived in was had a little separate driveway that went back up behind the house up on a hill. Right. And yeah. it was a single wide trailer up there. That's about seven, seven minutes from my house. Wow. That's close, man. <laughs> yeah, crazy. It is. But they were living there, and when they moved in, get this, they paid up front six months of rent in cash. Yeah, she said you just pulled out a big old wad of bills and paid her for six months. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he told the landlord he was planning on opening up a gym of his own. Right. But That didn't work out. It was about two months later. This is when uh, Donna Stevens found they had trashed the house and just disappeared. Mm Mm-hmm. They left behind beer bottles, pizza boxes, and some racist graffiti. Mm Mm-hmm. But while they were living here in Cleveland County, they opened up a, a bookstore, Dale. Per se. Yeah, sort of something like that. But this was in right up the road in Forest City. Yeah. But if you're from there, you call it Forest City. Yeah, Forest City. Yeah. <laughs> but in this so-called bookstore, it was... The Southern National Patriots. Yeah. It was a racist bookstore, pretty much, with uh, swastikas and... All kinds of Confederate flags, swastikas, and anything else you could probably twist into whatever you want, every, whatever you want to do to it. Yeah, whatever his agenda was yeah. on that racial stuff. He said he would be up there and ranting about taxes and this kind of thing. So he's a uh, he was out there. Yeah, he was. So it's more about this point. Wild Bill is sort of getting off the rails a little bit, Dale. Yes, sir. Yeah, but there was some things that was coming up later that would start getting him some notoriety. This is when uh, they moved to Oak Island. Mm-hmm. Out there toward Wilmington, North Carolina, out there toward the coast. And they ended up somehow or another selling a house that wasn't theirs. They forged a deed mm-hmm. and they sold it to a guy and told him that he was a doctor and that uh, he had a sick grandmother and they was needing the money quick for some medical bills pretty right. much right so he sold his really nice house for about 200 grand yes. which is about what half half the price you think yeah i would say half or at less least than at half. least half or, or yeah yeah that's what i mean yeah 
That's what you, you said what I mean. <laughs> yeah. But the strange thing is the they didn't even own the house. I mean, they forged that deed. And then when the owners came uh, a little while later, it was on a weekend, they came down. They were going to visit their home you know, and stay yeah. there for the weekend, just chill out. They were people in their home. Doing re- remodeling. Remodeling and painting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Holy shit. So Bill was on the run pretty much after that. Yeah. So soon, by the time they figured it out, he had already took his cash and was gone. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was in early 2006, the Wyoming Highway Patrol, they pulled over a couple during a snowstorm near Sheridan, Wyoming. And the officer discovered that the Jeep that they were driving had been reported stolen in West Virginia. Mm. It was a fake name, he told them, by the name of Luke Kuhn, K-U-H-N, who was driving was in fact... uh, It was him. Yeah, Wild Bill. Right. And the wounded man managed to drive off, and he fleed into the blizzard, driving over 100 miles an hour. And when the highway patrol once again found the Jeep, it had been crashed. Right. And Found a handgun on the seat, but the couples were gone. Yeah, they escaped once again. Escaped once again, yeah. That's right. Now, the authorities say that Wild Bill and Laura Reese traveled as far as Ireland at one point, using aliases such as Donald Lee Brucart and Michelle Brucart. How would they do that without a passport? I don't know, dude. And records show they rented a U-Haul truck under those names in Bismarck, North Dakota. And the truck later turned up in West Palm Beach, Florida. But this is when um, Wild Bill and Laura Reese, they ended up in Bocas del Toro. Yeah. This is down in Panama. Yes, it is. And they started running a hostel. And they were telling people... That they were wealthy entrepreneurs. Yeah, William Adolfo Cortez and Jane Cortez. That's the names they told them. Yeah. Yeah. But down there, there was a lot of, what do you call it, like uh, expatriate Americans down there mm-hmm. living in this little community. Expats, what they call them. Yeah, expatriates, I guess is what yeah. it means. I don't know. Yeah, it does. But uh, yeah, there were uh, several down there in this, in this little place. So it seemed like a, I don't know, to me it seems like, like an outlaw neighborhood, but I mean, I've seen videos of the place, and it was beautiful down there, these, you know, islands and stuff, and then place where they stayed, and uh, a lot of it was only accessible by boat get, to get in there and, and check them out. So it was a really beautiful place, but it, it was also a good place to go hang out if you were on the run or if you had a, a, a past you wanted to hide. Seems yeah, pretty like much. Everybody down there had aliases or nicknames, it seems. But Wild Bill, they had this little hostel and a bar type there on their their place they had an island mm-hmm. of their own and they could only like you said they could be accessed by boat mm-hmm. and people would come over and if they were too inebriated to, to i guess to drive their boat back they allowed them to stay there at their place right but the name of their little bar place was called the jolly roger yeah and jolly roger social club yeah yeah and while bill he would serve up drinks and cook food and they just have parties all the time. Yeah, big times. Yeah. Which is probably pretty cool at the time. But Wild Bill was using this opportunity to get to know these people. Because mm-hmm. they would get to come in and start drinking and tell their life stories pretty much. Yeah, and it's also said that uh, his wife, she didn't really party as much. but He partied like hell. I mean, they'd come in Wild Bill. He'd have on a big old Viking helmet and long hair and stuff and be partying and getting everybody to talking while she's back there listening yeah so so yeah like you said they're basically just getting just listen to what people saying 
And when he get all the notes, you know. yeah, when he get all the cooking done and everybody fed, he would start partying. But it had been reported that they didn't drink like the rest of them. They sort of they would drink water or something. It looked like vodka in a bottle. Right. And while the rest of them were just getting hammered. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they were using this opportunity to find out information about the people that were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finding out how much money they had, what they owned, their property. Um, anything. Financial assets, anything. They right. were what they were doing. Now, one of these Americans that uh, frequented uh, Jolly Roger Social Club, now her name was Cheryl Lynn Hughes. Right. But everybody called her Cher. Right. And she was 53 years old, and she was from St. Louis, Missouri. And she owned a hotel in Bocas del Toro for about 10 years. Yeah. She had owned a sign, a, a neon sign shop called uh, Southern Exposure in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. And her and her uh, her boyfriend at the time had went down here with some other folks to visit. And once they got there, they realized that this is the place they wanted to live forever. Yeah. So she sold off her business. No, I don't know if she sold her business. Yeah. So she sold off her business and then went down there. And I figured that's what she used the money to get everything going down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they just fell in love with the place down yeah, there. Yeah, I loved it. It was yep. gorgeous. Yeah. But in March of 2010, uh, Cher attended an early evening party that was hosted by Wild Bill. And she knew, as the Cortezes, you know, when other guests left, that Holbert persuaded her to stay behind and talk about business. Mm-hmm. And then he lured her into the jungle to look at some monkeys and stuff. Right. And this is when he supposedly shot her in the head. Yeah, definitely shot her in the head. Yeah. But uh, nobody was hearing from Cher for a while. Right. Well, her and her husband had split up. They'd had a bad patch come in. And they'd been together, I don't know, six or seven years, I think. And uh, actually, when they came down and they bought that island that they lived on, he was a carpenter. And he went in and he built this immaculate place and stuff. And it was just really awesome. I've seen pictures and videos. And uh, even on a Days of Dateline episode, that features it. But uh, they had split up. And then while they had split up, he had moved out of the house. And then this is when he was trying to take advantage of her yes he knew she was by herself so he thought well she's by herself nobody's gonna miss her so that's what he did he took her out to look at the the monkeys and when she turned her head he shot her in the back of the head yeah crazy right but this one um shares a strange husband keith right he eventually persuaded the local police to look into her disappearance but they couldn't make any progress on it at all. No, that and her sister, her she had she had called her sister and actually uh, had her to come, wanted her to come down and spend some time with her, and uh, she was going to do that. But then she quit getting messages from her, and she like she uh, was freaking out too. She's like, "This does not like her," you know. And she uh, tried to get some help from the police too, and he's like, basically, well, a lot of people disappear in Panama. If they don't want to be found, they're not going to be found, and they're an adult. If they want to be found, they'll be back. Yeah, that kind of stuff is what they were told. But the family hired a journalist and a retired Air Force officer. His name was Don Winter. Yes. To find out some stuff about Cher's disappearance. Yeah, he'd lived down there for a long time. Yeah. And her aunt, Mary Whitmire, did what she could do to piece together the story from over here in the United States. Right. And Whitmire even spoke to Holbert on the phone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah, said uh, she'd met a guy and just got on his sailboat and took off mm-hmm. yeah and it just didn't seem like something that Cher would do because you know she told her family pretty much everything she'd done and it just didn't just didn't sit well with her at all no but this is when uh, her aunt mary whitmire she got suspicious of holbert yes 
Well, basically, he was trying to tell her that she had sold him the the house, the hotel, and all of her property and possessions and everything. Yeah. And he owned it, you know, he owned it all. So it was like, what the hell's going on here? And she was on this boat with somebody going around the world, and that uh, he told her that she he was going to mail all her uh, jewelry to her and everything. Right. Well, he he was feeding her a bunch of junk, and she didn't. She's not believing it. She's like, wait a minute, what do you mean? Did this all yours now? So where's she, and what's going on, and why is her stuff still there? And he's like, well, she wanted me to, to mail it to her. She's like, well, I want to see the deed. And he's like, well, I also signed of a. Uh, non-disclosure agreement so i can't talk about really what happens yeah so he's like he's trying to tell her that all her jewelry and stuff he was going to air mail it over or send it on air cargo over to wherever she's whenever she let him know where she was mm-hmm. basically he he tried to tell her that he he thought she was going to just get an, an apartment somewhere else so it's, it's just all a bunch of mess yeah this one uh they called the fbi and the u.s embassy in panama yeah. and local authorities searched the property and they found that Wild Bill illegally possessed an AK-47 firearm, which is illegal there in Panama. Well, Don Don Winter hooked that up because they still, they he told them what was going on or what he thought was going on. And they were interested, but they really couldn't do anything because there's basically no evidence that anything had even happened. But he, he was thinking, he goes, well, I know this dude's got an AK-47. So he told them that he had it, which is illegally uh, you can't uh, possess one legally in Panama down there. That's right. So he told them that he had one and they need to go over and search for it. Mm-hmm. So that's what they did. Yep. What's crazy is that Cher had a Doberman pincher. Yeah. His name was? Jack. Yes. He was brown, a brown Doberman. Yeah. And the dog was there at the Hobart property, and this dog led them to a shallow grave. Yeah, when they pulled up, the dog met them. And uh, at this time, there was nobody there. They had already got word that people were coming, and they had, they had escaped already. So when they pulled up on the, on the bank, the dog met them and then was just running around crazy. And he kept running up his hill and back down his hill and up his hill and back down his hill. Like, come on, follow me. So they're like, what is going on? What's the matter this dog? Yeah, so they follow the dog. And they go up and to back to where it's kind of like get overgrowth from the, I guess, jungle, I guess. Back up in there. And then they found like some uh, dirt had been disturbed recently and uh, realized what was going on then. Mm-hmm. So they kind of started digging and then they found her. Yeah. Yeah, so basically the dog... Let him tour. Let him tour. Yeah. Such a good boy. Mm-hmm, that's right. I wonder what happened to Jack. I don't know. I'd love to know what happened to Jack. But this one, uh, the Panamanian investigators, they got to thinking that maybe uh, Wild Bill and Laura Reese may be connected to some other shenanigans that were going on there in Panama. Right. Yeah, because everything was weird. Yeah, there's another American there. His name was Bo Eisler. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, supposedly he had sold his property to wild bill as well but mm-hmm. he has also been missing for a while so it's, it's pretty wild stuff going on here yeah but this bo eisler people got to thinking that he was in the witness protection program deal right and had something to do with the mafia now this bo eisler he was uh actually a retired new mexico gallery owner that had lived down there for several years and he had a really nice place but he was about tired of the island life and he wanted to go back to the states mm-hmm. so he had put out an ad to looking to sell his property and guess who shows up try to buy his property wild bill right so he showed up and he got his property too but the deal is down there if you have the documentation or all the if you have all the bare shares to the property or whatever then then you own it legally yes so what he would do is he would go in and then talk to these people like he went to the bows and talked to him for a while and then they were trying to work out something and then they finally come out with a deal whatever it's going to do and uh 
I think they went back and forth for a while. They went back and forth for a while, and then when he found out what was going on and where all this this paperwork was, then he killed him and take all the paperwork, then he owns the place. Exactly. So that's what he was doing. He was doing that, and he would take it over, and then he would do something, fix it up a little bit, and he would sell it to somebody else and get cash to to run on for a while. That's right. And then, so that's the same thing that he did to uh, Cher when I found out what was going on with her, and him know that... uh, her husband had moved out and got to talking to her and found out what she had and what money she had and the bare share of that thing. She did that and he'd taken over everything. Yes. So he just said, well, I got the paperwork, so it's mine. And mm-hmm. who's going to say anything different because they're dead. Yeah, this is how uh, Wild Bill was making his money because when he would have his parties there at the Jolly Rogers Social Club, they couldn't figure out, you know, because he wasn't making any money. Right. He just said he was, you know, he was doing good to break even, but he was, he made out like he was loaded. And that's why he was kept, he was buying these properties. And yes. Stuff. Yes. And just sell them for whatever he could get out of them. Right. Yeah. Backing up a little bit to where we were and when it went, because uh, he had killed Bo before. I think it was before he killed uh, Cher. Right. Because he'd been missing for several months. Before, yes, that's before right. That. So, and then when, uh, once they they come to the property looking for Cher or to go to the house to see what's going on and the dog takes her to the body, they've already gone. So Holbert and Reese are on the run. So they had taken off in uh in in uh trying to get the hell out of there. So they went to uh Costa Rica. And once they got into Costa Rica, the problem is that their faces and everything have been splattered everywhere. So they went in and tried to get a hotel room or a uh to rent a cottage or something and the guy who owned it actually knew what was going on and he called the police yes so when he called the police the police come to get him well they didn't take it off again so they decided they were going to go to uh, nicaragua they were going to there was a little slip of place where they could get into that country so they was but they had to go by boat so they went to the marina and a guy had a speedboat down there so they just took him and threw him overboard and took his boat and took off but some soldiers from uh either costa rica or, or uh or Nicaragua one, they knew who what was going on and they seen him and they all went out and under uh machine guns. Yes. They, they kinda like, Hold on, son. So he he didn't he just give up right there because they had him dead right. So it was either they were gonna kill him or he's gonna give up. So that's when they grabbed him and put him in handcuffs. Yep. Him and Laura both. Yes. But the police Panama issued an arrest warrant two days later. And Nicaragua immediately extradited the couple. Right. And the media met the couple as they got off the plane in Panama City. And Wild Bill joked with the reporters and acknowledged that he'd had a lot to straighten out with the Panama officials. Yeah. Yeah, he's just just the way he is. So as soon as they got him, he pretty much just spilled his guts and told them everything he got. Mm-hmm. So while during their questions, you know, he started talking about stuff, and then he drew a, they wanted him to draw a map to where where the bodies were. So he took a little piece of paper and drew everything out, but instead of two X's, there was five. Yeah, for two X's they thought was Cher and uh, Bo Eisler. Right, for, uh, you know, the graves or whatever. Yeah. They, they were five. And it's like, what's these other three? So what the hell's going on here? Yeah. So come to find out, he had met up with some guy named... Uh, Mike Brown. Mike Brown. Yes. So he met up with Mike Brown, and he had... He went to go to their house, and he was going to stay for like two or three days, and I think they were talking about selling this house too, but I'm not sure. Anyway, he was there, and when he first started talking to the guy, Mike Brown actually told him that he was wanted on drug charges because he was a, a former drug runner. And then when he and so he was talking about he was going to just kill him for his money, but once he got, or he was going to rob him, but once he they took the boat and went to his 
where he lived and saw what kind of place he was living in, he decided right then and there that he was going to kill him and take this place over. Yeah, this place was nice. So, yeah, it was like a large house. So he went in and... and, uh, I mean, it was so nice that they had a son that had his own skate park there inside the house. Yeah, on the second floor or something? For for skateboarding, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. in the house. Inside the house. Yeah, it's crazy. So... It was uh, Mike Brown, his wife, and her 17-year-old son that lived there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he went in and stayed a couple of days. And on the second or third day, he told uh, Mike he wanted to take him out and show him where the whale was on the property. So when they got out there to the whale, once once Mike turned his back at the whale, he shot him in the head and killed him. Yep. So then he went back into the house and uh, told his son that his dad wanted him to bring a shovel out and help him out right here for a second. So, being a good son he is, he goes gets a shovel to come out there, and when he does, Hobart kills him, too. Yeah. And then goes back to the house, and the wife is there, because she, on this big plantation or whatever, they grew their own uh, fruits and vegetables and stuff. She was out there working a the garden, and when she turned her head, he killed her, too, and took this. So, all this property, they come to find out, was where he was living, and then him and uh, his wife, they built that bar. So, the whole time, everybody was going to meet him and hanging out at his bar, this was actually a place that he had already killed three people and taken their their place. Yeah. So, so yes, it's just, just wow, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the whole time he's killing these people just basically to, to take their stuff. Yep. Wild Bill confessed to killing five Americans in Panama. Yeah. And prosecutors say that Wild Bill befriended the victims, shot them in the head, and then buried their bodies. Yep. And one of the victims was, uh, like we talked about, this uh, – Mike Brown, he was a career criminal, and I think he was just on the run down yeah, there. Yeah, but he was for um, on the run for drug running and, and drug charges, yeah, and escaped from prison. Yeah. yeah, but while Bill contested the prosecutor's version of all these events and of the killings during the investigation at his trial, he confessed but maintained that all three events were uh, contract killings ordered by a drug cartel oh, my, and their oh, associates. My. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, once and everybody's wondering why did he just spill his guts as soon as they got him, it's because he knew there's not a death penalty in Panama. That's right. So, and he knew also knew that the um, maximum that they give you is 20 years for for murder down there. So he and he also knew that if he could get it done in time, that he would everything would be charged and they, all his sentences would run concurrent. Yeah, if we so, get them all done at the same time. So he's thinking, I'm out of here in 20 years. don't matter. I'll just go ahead and tell you now. And, and he was saying that, you know, his wife didn't do none of this. Don't charge her for nothing. But. Yeah, they, it, they charged her too. Yeah, and it didn't really work out the way he wanted it to work out. Yeah. So once everything's spilled out, they come out and they gave him uh, 46 years and six months. Yeah, she ended up getting 20 years. Okay. Laura Reese did. Right. Yes. So, and they ended up divorcing. Yeah, she left. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess she didn't really have a chance. Didn't have much of a choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, while Bill was sentenced to prison, and uh, while in prison, he now operates a syndicated Christian inmate organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's no longer Wild Bill, but he's... Brother Bill. Yeah. <laughs> he said he found God, and but don't they all? Yeah. But that's what he's doing in prison. Yeah, and I listened to an interview with him, and man, he's he's a con man, and he's he's making up all this 
mess, you know. He just basically, you know, talking about I was a bad guy and I'm getting what I deserved. And when I shot those people, they died in an instant and didn't feel a thing. And, you know, I'm not a serial killer because I don't have a bloodlust, you know. No, it was all contract killing, and I don't, I don't believe that contract killing for nothing. Nah. He did it all for money and to get personal gain, just to, to you know. Like I said, take over the property and steal their money. I mean, he was taking the companies and everything because he had everything that those folks had. Anything, if they had a business, it was now his. You know? Yeah. So he took it all over. But, yeah, he's still, I mean, he's he says he's done some good stuff down there or whatever, but, you know, who knows what's going on really. But he likes to talk, and there's plenty of interviews if you want to go out and find one. He likes him. to be the big guy wherever he's at. Yes, he's and, the center of attention. So yeah, and he's like, he says he's a rock star there in the Panamanian prison. Right. And uh, pays cash to get conjugal visits with his new wife. He's remarried, and uh, just he has a burner phone there in his cell that he uses, and yeah, and calls people and does interviews. Yeah, and he's written two books, and he's got he's on a he's on Instagram, and he's on a, I think on Facebook somewhere, and then he has people sending him money and stuff, because he basically said that he needs money because uh, they don't provide you with uh, clothes and soap and toiletries and all that stuff down there. It's just prisons hold everything, so he basically has to buy everything. But I don't know. It seems like he's still he's still a damn calm man, if you ask me. Yeah, he is. But hopefully he won't get out anytime soon. But yes, that's where he's at. He's down in Panama in prison. No, I think he came up for parole not long, or he was had a uh, not come up for parole, but he had a meeting to see if he was going to be granted uh, early leave or anything. But I'm pretty sure he was denied. Yeah, but now the Panamanian authorities, Costa Rica and the United States, they are reviewing other crimes and they're trying to make sure that Wild Bill and Laura Reese haven't gotten away with anything else. Right. They're checking all these other places, too. I'm sure there's a bunch that they don't know oh, about. Oh, yeah. Basically, they were traveling cross-country and a stolen vehicle. and Right. And all this down on the islands, that was all within a, like, five-year span, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. And it sure didn't hurt his feelings to shoot somebody in the head and take their stuff. I guess this was a, a perfect little place for him down there in Panama. Cause, yeah. Because, you know, people down there, they just come and go. Right. They'll, they'll disappear. Yeah, because everybody down there is, you know, fake names. Yeah, or, or not everybody, but you know what I mean. And especially the Mike Brown. And if you think about it, when, once he took over the Mike Brown place and built a bar, I mean, hell, if he had just laid low, he'd have got away with that. Yeah, because nobody knew, and it wasn't if it wasn't for the family of uh, Cheryl, then he still might be getting away with it. That's true. Because they really pushed. Because they like, nah, there's some shit going on with her. She wouldn't be like this, and That's she right. sure wouldn't sell her place, and especially to you. Yeah, and leave her dog, and leave her dog, and all her stuff. Yeah, that, Jake, her dog, that was her buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she liked it. And uh, her, man, she was a good a good lady. She went down there and she was like, done a lot of stuff with those kids in Panama. I mean, it was just that and, you know, and she's saving animals and stuff. She was just a really good woman and it's just, she's just talking to the wrong damn place. Yeah. To the wrong person. But that is the story of William Dathan Holbert. Ooh-wee. Wild Bill, who once lived right here in Cleveland County. That's crazy, man. Seven minutes from your house. Seven minutes. Yeah. It's kind of scary, ain't it? It is, ain't it? Yeah, we talk about this every once in a while, that's connections we that's come through here that's... They've just been right here and didn't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably a good thing we didn't know it, I guess. But, but anyway, that's it. That's uh, Wild Bill. Yeah, and if you want to dig into that a little deeper, there's plenty of uh, interviews. There's also a Dateline episode, and it's really good, and some other stuff. So uh, I encourage you to check it out and dig a little deeper if you want, but... uh yeah, it's a good story. Yep. A good and story about a bad guy. And there's a book uh, by Nick Foster called The Jolly Roger Social Club. Right. It's uh, available on uh, 
Amazon, Audible, and all that stuff. If you want to check it out. Yep. And yeah. I think he's got a book. Was it called Long Live the King, Wild Bill? I think yeah. is the first one he put out. And then he wrote another one, but I don't know. Yeah, we're going to post pictures of Wild Bill. He was a big old boy. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, check it out. All righty. All right, dude, we're going to get out of here. Let's roll, bro. We want everyone to be safe. Please be careful and always be aware of your surroundings. Because the next episode could be about you. This is the Crack House Chronicles. Chronicles.